Hello, Big Diva listeners. Big Divas, in fact. Um, lovely to get together like this, you know, just for an informal tete-a-tete before our, we welcome our guest. Um, I don't know if you follow us on social media. If you don't, why not? Um, I'm here to tell you that you should follow us because you've missed some classic content on my personal Twitter. I've been scammed by Shore Academy this week. I have been scammed. I'm the victim of a scam. Um, so... I thought I might mention my Patreon on an unrelated note. So, we have a Patreon. You go to patreon.com, you search Big Diva Energy, you find it. You see if you've got a few pence you can chuck in our direction. We'd be very grateful. You will in turn receive things. You pay money, you receive a thing. It's 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 traditional. It's worked for others. I, I can't see it failing here. Um... Yeah, and you can also follow us at Diva Energy. You can email us at bigdivaenergypod at gmail.com. Get in touch. We live. On with the show. You're going to see the interview everyone is going to be talking about. Wagon wheel, what to see? What do I think of her? Yes. I don't think of her. Then we become divas as opposed to just strong women. Coughing during my interview, really? It feels uh, reductive. Hello, and welcome to Big Diva Energy. I'm Holly Morgan, and my husband Tom is also here. I tried to drown my sorrows, but the bastards learned how to swim. And now I am overwhelmed by this decent and good feeling. Today we celebrate a true icon, an artist. Born near Mexico City in 1907, although not widely known in their lifetime, in fact there were just two shows of their work whilst they were alive, their reputation has grown dramatically since a certain Miss Chagone became a proud collector in the 90s. Uh, their paintings often had strong autobiographical elements and mixed realism with fantasy, just like my acting CV. Now they are the face that launched a thousand Oliver bonus mugs and considered to be one of the most important artists of the 20th century. We are obviously chatting about all things Frida Kahlo. And with us to celebrate the mighty Frida is arguably her representative on earth. An actor, a comedian, a theatre maker and probably the one, uh, probably the only one to be based in both London, Paris and Clanidlois. I love that my wife has wealth heritage and has still made me attempt to pronounce Clan Hidlois. Anyway, our guests trained at the world-famous Ecole Philippe Gaulier. Our guests' other stage credits include Told by an Idiot's Let Me Play the Lion 2, Rob Carter's I Spy With My Little Eyes Something Beginning With Why Have You Been Sleeping With My Wife, and Hilda and the Spectrum alongside Elf Lions. Following a critically acclaimed fringe run of their fucking brilliant solo show, an inventive character comedy and examination of both Welsh and queer identity, they were invited to perform the show at both Vault Festival and the Soho Theatre, we are joined by the joyous Ryan Lane! That was so lovely. That was so lovely. I always dreamed what my introduction would be like. (laughs) There it is. That's it. There it is. I'll have that. It's all you, you. babe. These are all your achievements. No, we didn't do any of those We've just written them down. Yeah, that was that was great. It made it made it sound like they were better than what they really were. Um, Genuinely, uh, your fringe show... Of 2019. Can't. Now the fringe is... It's, it's, it's the funniest fringe show I've ever seen. Oh. It is. That's, stop. I mean, like, when I did the, the fringe that year, the show was... I still sort of describe it as a work in progress because my... I, like, it, when it started, my average sort of audience was about... 
five people. And so I just had to use it as, um, I just, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to just change the show every yeah. day. And uh, that's what I did. And some days were better than others. And the worst days were the worst days of my life. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> we were in fringe. on the day that I think the Clannadloys clientele were in. The contingent. Oh, you were on that day. Yeah. That day yes. still the post, like that day, like sometimes I'll have like a moment of anxiety and that day just sort of goes through my brain. Yeah. Oh, that was great. It was great. It was just my, my dad's friends from school and early work days of just these laddie <laughs> Welsh guys who turned up on motorbikes. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. They just, they were just thought, like, they were like, oh, let's go and support uh, Brandon's son. And it was, uh, <laughs> I just don't know what to make. I, I still think of that. and like, what were they thinking? What, were they, <laughs> what did they what think was happening? What's it about? <laughs> Growing up gay, London Deloitte. Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Fire up the chopper, I'll be there. <laughs> I think you'd made the, the made the mistake of putting Tom Jones on the um, oh, on the soundtrack God. beforehand as warm up music, so they were immediately oh, straight yeah, in as a rugby crowd. <laughs> yeah, it was Delilah. Oh, it was amazing. Oh. Yeah, they were very nice. They were, they were wolf whistling you when you were dressed as Rihanna. I remember. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. I mean, there was the my favourite bit was there was a bit where I uh, was playing myself as a little boy and I start talking about a boy called Reese Evans who was. The boy I really fancy. Oh shit, was he there? And one of the uh the men after was like, you know when you're talking about resevers? That's not my resevers, is it? <gasps> and I was like, oh yeah, you're yeah, he was like, I I'm I was resevers, I am resevers' uncle. And I was like, oh, and I just went, Yeah, I, yeah, of course I was. It, it was him, and he was just like, No, not my resevers, not my resevers. I was like, what's the problem with that? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I've got to go. Don't talk about my resemblance, are you? Yeah, fit nephew. Yeah. Fit nephew, mate. Good genes. I just love that blanket. No. No. No, it's not. No, different one. No, I know you said yes, but no. No, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Maybe it's like, it can't be my nephew. He's hideous. Yeah. Well, it looks like he got run over by a tractor. Oh, I don't know what he's seeing him. He's awful. <laughs> Oh, and, and of course, the first time I met you, you were dressed as Frida Kahlo. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and you were dressed as Jonathan Van Ness. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was. Oh, and Tom was dressed as a... Who was I? A short-lived news story about a new um, a waitress. Do you remember? She punched someone who, like, oh, yeah. catcalled her. That <laughs> <I> was her. <laughs> Who was that? I, just, I think it was like something that was in the metro on our way to the party and Tom was like, I'm her. <laughs> yeah, it was like a waitress. I think someone pinched her bum or something while she was working yeah. and she hit him, I think. <laughs> like, we had to go as a hero. Yes. Yeah, we yeah, should probably yeah. have explained that to the listener, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just come as you, how you feel. As, I don't think we even explained it was a party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We just said the first time I met you, you were dressed as Frida Kahlo and you were dressed as JVM. I mean, you would be great friends. So. Oh my God, wouldn't they? <laughs> oh yeah. But before we get to Frida, my love, we're going to ask you the questions. Okay. In my head, that's got reverb on it. The questions. Should I try and put an effect on it? Afterwards? Yeah, I'd love that. Thank you. Um, so... These are the questions we ask all our esteemed guests, and I'm very excited to hear your answers. First up, I will always love you. 
Who is your ride or die diva? Oh, this was this was the hardest one. Was it? Well, yeah, this was so hard because, <laughs> like, I just love strong women. Yes. And... <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and I, I think um, when I t- so it was Lucy Farrett's birthday. Yes, that's right. And when I told her I was doing this podcast, she was like, "Oh, you're obviously going to be talking about Audrey Hepburn." Oh, I love. I loved Audrey Hepburn so much. I still do, but I don't see Audrey Hepburn. She's not really a deep. I, really I would agree. I don't. Mm. I don't. Not sure she's got mad diva energy. No, no, no. So, but so I. I mean, I love like old Hollywood. Oh. So I think I would probably say Betty Davis. Yes. Superb. Like, and I don't. But then also Joan Crawford as well. So maybe as like one. Yes. Oh wow! Entity. A super diva. But probably more Betty Davis. We have the same birthday. Do you? And she once said in an interview, she was like, "I'm like the way I am because I'm an Aries," and she just always used to be like, "I'm an Aries, I'm an Aries, I'm an Aries." <laughs> and I just, and now I was like, "We have the same birthday." So now when people are just pissing me off, I just say, "I'm an Aries." <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm an yeah, Aries. I love. I, she was great. Yeah. Everything yeah, fabulous. Any what are the quali- I was going to say, what are the qualities of an Aries? But actually, does it matter? <laughs> it's just whatever you're doing at the time. Yeah, exactly. That's that's an Aries. Whatever I'm doing at the time, this is this is Aries. <laughs> this is Aries. Everything is Aries. This is Aries. This is Aries. Yeah. Any favourite role for Beth Davis? Um, I re- I'm, I mean, whatever happened to Baby Jane is incredible. Yeah. Mm. I I really love All About Eve. I love All About I Eve. I think it's one of my favourite films. And it's got one of my favourite lines in all films, which is, um, uh, she trained at the Copacabana School of Dramatic Arts, which is <laughs> Marilyn Monroe makes a really small appearance yeah, it's in it. a tiny cameo, isn't it? That's how he introduces her. She trained at the Copacabana School of Dramatic Arts. It's like, that's such a good way to introduce <laughs> someone. <laughs> Amazing. Always over the, um, is it Betty Davis has got jungle red on her nails? <laughs> Yeah. yeah incredible yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i keep um, asking for it whenever i have pedicure <laughs> <laughs> do you have jungle run <laughs> i Amazing. should have invited you to sort of introduced you by saying that you uh trained at the was the kabuk partner school yeah, yeah. That, that's how from now on please <laughs> Yeah, take Goliere off put kabuk partner <laughs> on <laughs> school of dramatic art <laughs> Who runs the world? To which diva would you give the nuclear codes? I, I thought this was easy. Jane Fonda. Oh, yes, obviously. obviously. Okay, yes. we're done. <laughs> done. done. Okay, we've yes. just crossed that question off the list. <laughs> Jane Fonda. Yes. Well, yeah. Why would it be anyone else? Well, she, we'll put yeah. you in touch with the other guests. You can, <laughs> you can talk them round. Well, a lot of people say Beyonce because of the, the, the lead in this question. But Jane Fonda, absolutely bang on. She probably she wouldn't use them. And that's what we want, really. Yeah, she wouldn't use them. No. Well, yeah. Great. Um, she just stands up for, you know, she's been standing up for her amazing beliefs forever. Yeah. And she's done some really cool things. And she's... Just and like, how old is she now? I don't know, but she's quite old, and she's just doesn't care. I think she got arrested last year as well. She did, <laughs> yeah. Protesting. Yeah, and she was so proud about it. And I was like, yeah, this is. 
great. She's like, so you need amazing. more recognition. <laughs> Did you uh, see when she won? I think she won an Emmy a couple of years ago, and she printed, she posted two pictures of herself, so like all done up in a finery. And the next morning, oh, yeah. still wearing the dress because she doesn't. She was like, I don't live with a man. I couldn't. I can't get my dress undone. And she had all her makeup on and everything. <laughs> Just literally woken up, still in the in the gown. I was like, oh, I love you, but I can't. Amazing woman. Amazing. Right. If I could turn back time, to which diva would you send? To which diva? Which diva would you send back in time and to where? Um, I thought, uh, just because of her amazing efforts recently, was uh. Sending Dolly Parton yes. back to another pandemic. Nice. So I thought maybe the Spanish flu or maybe even the plague. Yes! Uh, I don't know what she'd be able to do because obviously less people were researching vaccines. <laughs> well, no one was researching vaccines <laughs> then. But I don't know. She'd be good for morale. Oh. She'd be good for saying, you know, okay, don't leave your houses. You you stay yeah. there. Okay, and, y'all, uh, you stay in now. Bringing down a big truck recently, saying, bring out your dead, <laughs> but we're gonna sing as well. Oh, and I sat on be... the front of one of those trailers, yeah, strumming yeah, away. So great at that. And, uh, That'd I be amazing. I had a little song about bringing out your dead. <laughs> <laughs> bring out uh, your dead is a great country song. It title. is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Would she be able to get the plague mask over the wig? Or would she put the wig on top of the, the plague <laughs> outfit? <laughs> God, I um, I would have to go on top. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm, just yeah. observe Ryan doing a full mime just, of that, trying to work it out. It out. <laughs> that was like... Mask, big, big. I saw it. I saw the clowning there. I saw the Gollier experience. <sighs> clowning, not a podcast <laughs> medium. <laughs> That's going to come up in this podcast, actually. The fact that we're, I'm going to show you some pictures late, later. So, <laughs> very visual. Yeah, it's an absolute slam dunk for a podcast. Viz <laughs> heavy podcast. <laughs> Material girl, what's on your rider? I I just put um, really good salt and vinegar crisps. Oh, <laughs> lovely! Really good but ones. Like, Which ones are really I, good? I love salt and vinegar crisps, but. Oh, you know, those, is it Tyrrells or Tyrells? <laughs> let's say, let's go with Tyrell. Marjorie Tyrell. <laughs> Tyrell, <laughs> darling. Hey. Tyrell, uh, sea salt and malt vinegar. Yeah, those, oh, the ones that make your mouth just sort of go back like, yeah. Mm. And then they sort of leave a residue in your fingers. <laughs> so you They're quite expensive. They um, are, they're a dear do. And then, you know, I can get up to a whole bag and they're a sharing bag. And So you favour an expensive crisp? I favour an expensive crisp, but I'm a connoisseur of crisps. I love crisps. <laughs> I fucking love crisps. <laughs> That's why I... I'm at parties, just with the crisps. <laughs> That's where I found you, just as Frida Kahlo. <laughs> <laughs> as Frida Kahlo, just stuffing. <laughs> you haven't experienced art until you experience Frida Kahlo by the crisp bowl, just putting them in by handfuls. Just tash full of crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it would just be that. I, I, um, if I had to have a drink, I love. Um, uh, I know people are, always say gin. Gin, gin is so cool. Gin is so trendy. I really like vermouth. Oh, lovely. Do you know because nice. when I lived in France, the bar that we used to go to, the wine, I'm pretty sure had antifreeze in, so it <laughs> was ill after one glass. So I started drinking vermouth because I was like, oh, it seems safer. And I was like, oh, oh wow. This is Nice. Uh, I think vermouth is trendier than gin now. A dry vermouth is welcome in my martini. Yeah. 
I've I've heard of like yeah vermouth bars in Venice and oh. other oh, hubs of yeah. But there's lots of different types. We've got two. Two types of vermouth. And we're not we're not connoisseurs. That's true. That's true. Oh, I love that. So some vermouth and some salt and vinegar crisps. Lovely. <laughs> Straight that, vermouth. That, that makes me sound deranged. <laughs> It's quite acid. It's quite acid. Yeah, you're gonna have a bit of acid reflux from that one. You're gonna need some Nexium. <laughs> I used to work in Waterstones in Piccadilly, the massive one. Yeah. And they used to have um, quite a lot of celebrities coming in to do talks. So we used oh, to find out about their riders all the time. Oh wow! Oh, John Elton. John Elton. <laughs> oh, so sorry. Take the gay card. Rip it oh, up. Elton. Elton John had like a very specific one about flowers. Like <gasps> hates chrysanthemums. Oh really? Oh. And apparently, if he sees them, he just like refuses to do it. <laughs> he was very specific about. No chrysanthemums. You've got to be specific yeah. in a bookshop as well about which flowers are going to be on display. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they must I have been really that. concerned in Waterstones. I love... So, should you remember a couple of years ago, there was that big furore around Elton John's flower bill? Because he was spending, mm. like, millions... It's like £10,000 a week or something. ...on flowers. But no chrysanthemums. But no chrysanthemums. Oh. <laughs> but the key was it, it was no flowers at all. Yeah. It, it weren't flower. <laughs> oh, allegedly. Allegedly, sorry. Welcome to showbiz. Lovely. <clears throat> I, I think we can facilitate that rider, some crisps and some vermouth. Yeah, especially since you don't really need the vermouth because you said if, if someone forces me, basically, <laughs> if I have to have a drink. <laughs> Imagine how dry your if mouth I must. would be. <laughs> If I do have to have something to wash it down, then I really want something very acidic in, <laughs> in very small quantities. Gaviscon, you see. <laughs> Pocket full of Rennie. <laughs> oh, Ryan's here. Pop a Gavi. <laughs> He's going to do his 10 minutes. Brilliant. Love it. Got he Gavs. Got he Gavs. <laughs> what does the word or term diva mean to you? I I think it I think it's such a I think it's such a brilliant thing because mm-hmm. it has such negative connotations in the yes. world. Like, um, and I think it's such a brilliant thing. So being a diva is a brilliant thing, and just saying what you like and what you want, the ability yes. to just stand up for yourself. Yes. Um, which is something that maybe I don't do enough of. Which is maybe why I really like these people who do it. Just say. Yeah, this is what I want. This is what I'm doing. If you don't like it, fuck off. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. So it's an inspirational thing for you. It's a kind of... Yeah, it is. It's something, yeah. I think it's something that... A, a quality that I think more people need to have. Mm, sure. I agree. I very much concur. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what it means to me. That's fabulous. So having said that, you know, you think that it's something that doesn't come that naturally to you. Have you ever been a diva? Have you ever? Yeah, of course I have. And I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that the the times that I've been a diva would probably be, and the people who call me a diva would mm. just be my family. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that they would probably say that I have diva qualities. Probably on things like family holidays. And I think probably the time I was, um, I remember being a particular diva when I was probably about 16 or 17 and we went to Barcelona. And I had so long writing a Spanish phrase book. (laughs) 
and I got so upset that my parents wouldn't use it and insisted on speaking like broken English to like the people in the hotel and the people in the shops and I was like dad it's um I can't remember anymore like how do you order a coffee or whatever <laughs> Ablas inglés not do you speak Spanish or English so it was just I remember yeah having like a proper meltdown in the hotel because I'd spent so long writing this book and uh yeah I think yeah I'd probably say family holidays Diva. amazing I love it so could you circle back with that that you wrote your own phrase book yeah, I think <laughs> It's not the meltdown that was Diva. Silver cover. (laughs) Um, It said, I stuck a little thing that said, Ryan's Spanish Guide. Um, And uh, yeah, it had had, uh, some really great phrases that were probably not useful at all. (laughs) Clearly you'd already spotted in the market Ryan's Guide to Spanish, so you'd flip and reverse those. (laughs) Those verbs and nouns. Coming, it's coming. Ah, I love that. Oh, thank you so much for answering the, the questions. Questions, 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 questions. Superb. Well, we'll take a little little break, and when we come back. We'll get into all things Frida Kahlo. Lovely, and we're back, divas. So let's get into it. Frida was born Madalena Carmen Frida Carlo y Calderon on July 6, 1907 in Coyochan, Mexico City, Mexico. Um, I am going to look at how to pronounce that, but it's spelled C-O-U-O-C-O-A-N. Coyochan. Uh, how do I say it? Coyochan. Ooh, Coyoacan. Was there a Ryan's Mexican guide? Well, I didn't want to uh, <laughs> say it now, but I didn't want to the end, but... <laughs> amazing so her parents were Wilhelm who was a photographer of German descent and Mathilde who Frida couldn't fucking stand uh, who was a Roman Catholic and a Mexican with indigenous American heritage Uh, she had two older sisters Mathilde and Adriana and a younger sister Christina who we'll hear more about later she was born the year after Frida so um, her father was a photographer and I wondered what you thought about that Ryan maybe if that had any I don't know, so any nascent influence on her and the way that she worked with image and... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He adored her father. Yeah, he sounded and, amazing. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he was German. And uh, she, he photographed her a lot. Right. Um, you know, and I think he, you know, he, he was... He never had any sons, but mm. refused, I think, and especially in Mexican society uh, in, in those that time he didn't care you know he didn't care and he and Frida to him was probably his favorite daughter and he treat you know he treated her like like an equal to him you know and she he taught her how to use a camera and you know because she had a very mathematical mechanical sort of mind yeah and yeah I, I absolutely um she and she definitely pulled on both her heritages. There's a really yes. famous painting called The Two Fridas. Yes. She paints herself in uh, the sort of European dress of, of her father and then the Mexican dress of her mother. Yes. So, yeah, everything from both, you know, everything just led into everything that she did. Yeah, That's absolutely. amazing. Yeah, and that kind of, yeah, the European... 
uh, sensibility, I suppose, rubbing up against Roman Catholicism as well and creating a really, really interesting, sparky mm. kind of, yeah, yeah. hotbed. Of- on the heritage lines, um, like a fair few other divas that we know of, Frida mm-hmm. manipulated the truth with her age. Uh, she claimed to have been born in 1910. However, that was not for normal diva reasons. Frida claimed to be born in 1910 because that was the year of the outbreak of the Mexican Revolution. This movement, according to the poet and essayist Octavio Paz, amounted to a discovery of Mexico by the Mexicans, a reclaiming of the country's identity from the colonizers of the past. Frida changing her birthday was so that people could directly associate her with the modern Mexico, indicative of her deep pride in her culture and her also being an absolute dive. Uh, Ryan, you've proudly worn your Welsh heritage in your work is that inspired by Frida Kahlo oh yeah so I first so the town that I come from is a bit of an enigma because it's just so hippy dippy full of lots of artists everyone is just you know very green and (laughs) I used to go to a a youth theatre in the middle of nowhere and the one of the first play before I joined when the first plays that they did was uh, a play called Frida and Diego. Oh wow! Director mm. loved Frida Kahlo, and um, and he sort of I don't know it sort of introduced like young people in the area to Frida Kahlo, and wow. she like she was just a very well known icon where I was from. Oh, how she, interesting! Yeah, she just sort of fitted into to that identity yeah. like yeah it really was uh there was a lot of uh talk of like you know being um strong and independent and feminism and yeah everyone knew who Frida was it was it was quite weird actually I just remember so when all this stuff for Frida coming forward I was I was like I was like well I think I knew a bit more before you did which is just me <laughs> it's not true but uh yeah, absolutely. I and I definitely use that in uh, in my work. It's like you should own it. And mm. like a lot, of, like the show that I did was about sort of being denied Welsh mm. culture in a way because mm. Welsh culture was uh, laddish and strong and masculine. And I was yeah. like, well, why can't I take those as well and and put my what I feel Welsh culture is and. Uh, yeah, I definitely, Frida definitely inspired that as well, for sure. Amazing. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it, actually. I'm thinking like the traditional Welsh dress and the the uh, the uh, traditional sort of folk garments that Frida wore as well, like very heavy with that kind of, that heavy, heavy full skirt. There's yeah, a, there's a yeah. definite kind of DNA running there, mm. I think, isn't there? And also like, just folklore between Wales and Mexico. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Of, um, yeah, mysticism and... Yeah, again, it's just like owning it, yeah. Yeah. And being like, it is kind of weird, but let's make it cool. Yes. Mm. Yeah, just, yeah, taking it, owning it, loving it. Oh, take it, own it, love it. You heard it here first, Stephen. Oh, stick that on a mug. In Wales on St. David's Day, uh, the uh, which is the 1st of March, you you were encouraged to come to school in traditional Welsh costume. And I so always wanted to go as the Welsh lady, and I was never allowed. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. What's Uh, the traditional male costume? I don't think I've even seen that because the the women's one is so iconic. Yeah, just a farmer. Oh, just a farmer. (laughs) Waistcoat. (laughs) 
and a black cat. Shit. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> oh, I had a little one. I had a little Welsh outfit. You did, didn't you? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. W- wore it at the drop of a hat. It's a good <laughs> ensemble. Don't drop that hat. Don't drop that hat. Break someone's foot. (laughs) Well, speaking of which, uh, Frida was not a well child. Uh, She contracted polio at the age of six and had to be bedridden for nine months. And this disease caused her right leg and foot to grow much thinner than her left. And she consequently walked with a limp. Unusually for the time, uh, dad encouraged her to do lots of sports to help her to recover. Football, swimming, wrestling. Yes. Yes, what Ryan was saying, isn't it? It's like he, he was like... I don't give a shit if she's a girl. <laughs> and it's 1910. Fuck it. Yeah. Get wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> get wrestling. Get wrestling, Get babe. rich or get wrestling. <laughs> so Frieda enrolled at the National Preparatory School in Mexico City. I think it's called the Prepa. Uh, in 1922 she was one of only 35 female students and it was here that she first met the famous Mexican muralist Diego Rivera for the first time who was working on a mural called The Creation on the school campus Frida often watched him work and she told a friend that she would marry him someday hmm prescient foreshadowing no Uh, she had another love prior to that marriage to Rivera Frida met the passionate student and activist Alejandro Arias in 1922 at the prepa Uh, they fell in love and were inseparable for the next three years Alex as Frida called him was with her one fateful September evening in 1925 when the bus they were riding was hit by a trolley yeah. this is this is intense isn't it yeah very intense I mean um, yeah 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 like to be in high school with your first boyfriend and it's all to be very passionate and intense and all of those kind of you know teenage I love you, I'm obsessed with you moments. And then this horrific accident. So she sustains injuries that are so profound that she had to undergo multiple operations throughout her lifetime. A metal handrail, sorry, I should provide a trigger warning actually for this, it's a bit gory, everybody. Um, a metal handrail pierced her abdomen, exiting through her vagina. Uh, her spinal column was broken in three places. Her collarbone, some ribs and her pelvis were broken and her right leg was fractured in 11 places. Her foot was dislocated and crushed. No one thought she would live, much less walk again. But after a month in the hospital, she went home. That I mean, unbelievable. It's astonishing, isn't it? It seems almost impossible that someone could survive that. Yeah. That, that, like, that bus crash just, it totally changed her life. Yeah. And it basically, you know, she was after that confined to beds for most of her life. Wasn't life. it like a full body cast yeah. that she was in? One of those? Yeah, ones? full body cast. She she could never carry a child to full term because her pelvis became too too weak. I don't know how she had a lot of miscarriages, um, which devastated her. And she, um, yeah, it, it really changed. It, it changed her whole. I think she was going to go and study medicine. That was her whole intention. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, it just she just yeah. It, she knew as well that, like you say, she was. They didn't think she would live longer than a month. I think this is one of the reasons I just love her so much because she knew that she wasn't going to live very long because she didn't live that long. Yeah, she outlived how long they thought she would. And she just from then on was like, I'm not going to live very long. I'm going to do this life how I want to do it. (gasps) That's amazing. I hadn't actually thought of the significance of that. Absolutely. If from the age of 18, you basically think any day now could be it, you're going to live like... You're gonna live like that's that's your that's your last day, aren't you? You're gonna yeah, dance like she, no one's yeah. watching. Yeah, she was she was in like constant pain. Yeah, so it, it was 
yeah it was a hard it was a hard life if you ever see the film that they made the julie tamor film yeah is it good i i really like this film and julie tamor does it in her style this is summer hayek yes yeah with summer hayek and this scene with the with the bus crash is it does it so incredible like it's so true to what happens it's beautiful yeah oh i must watch that yeah yeah it's a good film julie tamor also a diva Judy Taymor, total Dave. Full Dave. I yeah. read with the Spider-Man musical, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Heavy recommend to both you, Ryan, and anyone listening. Oh, yeah. Uh, Song of Spider-Man. One of the best books I've ever read, particularly Amazing. based on uh, music theatre. It's about the story of how they made it, but it's by the guy that wrote, this, the, wrote the book. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it was the sort of the holy of like, well, if you count Bon on the Edge as the same person, Bon on the Edge, Judy Taymor and him with like the three competing sort of influences on the whole musical. And it is just such a read. Yeah. It's so bad. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a read, as in, it is a read. Did you see, did you see the musical? No, no, no sadly. Oh. <laughs> oh, if only. There is some, there's some uh, YouTube footage. You can, you can get bits of it. Yes. Because they previewed it. I saw it, it. Didn't, did like the things go wrong like oh, the, someone, the, someone, someone was paralyzed stuff and someone, someone permanently crippled yeah, yeah 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 it was absolutely it was a catastrophe yeah it cost millions oh and millions God. of dollars it and... never actually opened did it no no i don't think it ever actually got it was in previews for two years i think and never actually oh. opened. yeah astonishing and the, i think the lawsuits surrounding it are still ongoing yeah not just oh the people God. that got injured but also the people that are involved in it like whose fault it was like how much money got lost it is such a great story yeah song of spider-man i can't remember the guy's name but i'll put it in the show notes great um yeah and also like you were saying um ryan about like that changing her life in terms of her outlook but it also completely changed her art yeah because obviously being trapped for months in this in this body cast um she had nothing to do she's just insanely bored and her mum as uh, so she began to paint lying in a bed and her mum had rigged up a special easel so that she could paint from the bed um and with the help of a mirror that she had she started painting her trademark subject herself uh, of the 150 or so of her works that have survived most if not almost all are self-portraits 65 out of 150 i believe yeah it's a lot isn't it that is a lot yeah that's not most but as she later said i paint myself because i am so often alone because i am the subject i know best which is really interesting like quote because it's like i'm so often alone like a she started doing because she literally was yeah it was just her in a bed with her thoughts and her brush. Yeah. But then also like later in life in terms of like her feeling of isolation and mm. all that sort of stuff, like aloneness, like it's, it's quite an interesting thing yeah. to have that sort of, and, and the strength of character to be able to like, own your loneliness and say, well, I'm the person that knows myself best because I'm so alone. Yeah. But then to turn that into like great art, great yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is great art. It's, it's yeah. fantastic art. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And yeah, I wanted to pick up on what you were saying about her, um, the medical stuff as well, like that that influence on her interest in how things work. I think is amazing. When you look at the pictures, like she's kind of almost like diagrams. Some of the and obviously quite anatomical. Mm. Some of the things she painted as well, just like such an inquiring mind. And what you were saying about her wanting to do medicine, but also about what you were saying about her dad. Uh, noticing that she had a very mechanical mind and that she was very mm-hmm. interested in in machinery and stuff. And mm. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It it, it is. Uh, it's like nothing you've never see, ever seen before. Yes, yeah, and true original. She just, and she uses so much this like Catholic imagery or folk stories 
in it and it's just all so much and she you and I think people just tried to at the time come up with these especially like the surrealist movement uh, they really almost like tried to, to own her a bit and Andre Breton uh said that you know she's like a bomb in a, a ribbon and there's like oh this surreal we love it and she was just like no it's not so it's just what I see you know it's not she's like I don't think it's I don't think so it's what I say it is you know it's uh yeah. trying to put me in something it's it's just what I see absolutely I just like I think because she's obviously it's from the art world and we're used to thinking about women owning their image maybe in the pop world more like you could totally see why Madonna is such a big fan oh yeah and you could totally see why Gaga is such a big fan because it's chronic pain as well chronic pain uh Mm -hmm. catholic iconography and she's I can't think of anyone else before her before Frida Kahlo who own who presented their own image Really intense relationships with their dads as well. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like most other great artists generally had been, you know, like the, the masters, hadn't they? It'd been quite a, a masculine environment. And if a woman was in it, it was a, she was a muse or she was p- representing the Madonna or something. But actually, Frida Kahlo is going, I am the subject and I am enough for it to be the subject, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. And I think that's a really... Really beautiful way of putting it, yeah. Oh, thanks, babe. I'm the subject to my mana. Yes. Oh, Another again. mug. We're just churning the mugs Churn out. Churn out those mugs. Yeah, so Frida's path crosses once more with Diego Rivera in 1928. Uh, she asked him to evaluate her work and he encouraged her, which sounds like the beginning of all super healthy relationships between established males and young female artists who are 20 years younger than them. Uh, they married in 1929. Her parents called them the elephant and the dove. Of course. Which is shady. <laughs> uh, understand that it is <laughs> really shady. <laughs> Understandably, Frida's mother, who, lest we forget, Frida was not a fan of, <laughs> did not approve of the marriage, which definitely didn't make Frida want to do it all the more. Frida herself would come to say, there have been two great accidents in my life. One was the trolley and the other was Diego. Diego was by far the worst. <laughs> I mean, she... I would have loved to have seen her 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 Edinburgh hour. Oh, Frida oh. Kahlo on, on the fringe. So like it would have gone off the rails like towards. Oh, it would have been the chaos. Last, like twenty minutes, so forty minutes of gold and then twenty minutes of gibberish. Yes, it would have been one of those. I, you know, I know what you mean. One of those the gibberish shows. Exactly. I know what you mean because I've been to those. Yes. <laughs> someone would give it a five. Someone would give it a one. It yeah. would just yeah. <laughs> I'd love to because she ha- she's such a way with a, with a read like that is a that is a classic diva put down oh yeah Diego was the worst that yeah. is pure Gloria Swanson and it's gonna live yeah. <laughs> so Diego Rivera he was a big deal <laughs> but we don't he's not as kind of well it, he's he's the footnote to her isn't he really artistically these days i would say uh but I, at the, yeah no i agree yeah I think yeah right. at the time he was the preeminent mexican muralist whose work represented events from mexican history through the prism of the revolution uh he was also a total hound and have a habit of leaving the women who bore him children and as we discussed obviously <laughs> unfortunately poor frida again trigger warning could not 
uh, carry a child to term, uh, but he had left like he'd left a stream of women behind before he even got to Frida. He was just he was incorrigible by the sound of it. Totally. Just an absolute and, beast. And incredibly fertile. Yeah. Incredibly fertile. Yeah. <laughs> but also what uh uh and not a very attractive man by no standards absolutely uh, you know it, it is a read the elephant and the dove but he was a big lad and he was not a look yeah he was yeah you look at photos of him not particularly attractive he's no. you know he's and i think there's i think she actually drew a sketch of them as with has him as like a toad because he's got yes. kind of like a toady face but i think like he was incredibly charismatic it must have been yeah he, his art is incredible and in mm. Mexico is held so highly and he yeah he was a muralist so he painted like he, he painted on walls you know he um, in big buildings that were impressive and uh, and they are fantastic I'd love to go and see them one day oh my um, god yeah um, but they're like yeah I think both sides did cheat a lot yes on 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 each other um diego famously with frida's younger sister <laughs> which probably is what led to that comment about diego being the worst yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and he had kind of had the audacity to kick off when she would um, it seemed to be she didn't, he didn't seem to mind too much when she was having affairs with women but he got really quite animated about some of some of the male affairs yeah absolutely animated. yeah he did he did yeah yeah. Oh, come on, they, Diego. They they spent time in um, Detroit together because they were uh, doing the. He got commissioned to paint the murals for the. Oh, was this in New York? The Rockefeller Building. Yeah, the Rockefellers. Yeah, yeah. And he painted because um, this is going to come into Frida's uh, political beliefs. He painted Trotz. No, not Lenin. Lenin <laughs> and Marx. In America, <laughs> in this mural, and they said you have to paint over them, otherwise we will take the mural down. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not, ta- I'm not painting over them. This is not to me. So it's like, so they pulled the whole mural down. They literally like drilled into the wall. Oh, isn't that, that's a casualty, isn't it? And I guess that's maybe that's an interesting. I mean, I'm not an art historian. Art historian. I might be an art historian. I'm not an art historian, as will become palpably obvious in a few moments. But um, <laughs> that might be hold something to do with why his legacy has not endured in the same way. Because you need a bloody great big wall, and you need that bloody great big wall to stay intact. Yeah. Whereas you know, a port, a self portrait, and then reproductions of your own face again and again and again. The icon, it, the iconography fashions itself, doesn't it? It's You're, branding, darling. It's branding, darling. Brandon, yeah. Can't brand a building. Absolutely. You can't really tour <laughs> Yeah, a exactly. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell Banksy that. Yeah. He's been trying for years. Don't tell Banksy that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I wouldn't try. I don't know who he is. Yeah. So, controversially. Oh, do you not? I do. Nope. I, I do. I'm one of the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> Left. You don't know who Banksy is? No. All right. All right, don't rub it in. <laughs> bad enough as it is um so diego was an ardent communist as you mentioned who con- controversially needed rich men to pay for him to do his massive murals uh, <laughs> and presumably tore the walls um this will become an issue yes so what we're going to do now 
has never been attempted before because it's too clever and experimental and edgy, quite frankly. Because art. Because art. We're going to do a podcast art show. Uh, yep, that's right. Uh, I'm going to show Ryan and Tom some pictures and they are going to describe them <laughs> and tell us what they're, tell us their thoughts. So the first one is going to be, I'm going to share my screen. Right, we need to screen share. With We're going to have, own. it's Frida and Diego Rivera in 1931. So it's the famous portrait. Listeners, you can Google along with us. Yeah, Google it. It's an interactive experience. Interactive podcasting. Immersive. There we go, Ryan. There we go. Right. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what do you see? What do you see? I see uh, Diego, much taller, uh, holding a uh, art. What do you call those? One of those things. A palette. Palette. A palette next to Frida. She's in a lovely green dress with a red shawl. And I think this is their wedding. This is them on their wedding. Yes. Yeah. He's not dressed up for it. He's not dressed up. No, she has. So she's in the sort of iconic folkloric outfit mm. uh, above their heads the the dove or maybe it's a pigeon no it's a dove it says here you see us me frida carlo with my dearest husband diego rivera so this is them this is the, this is i'd say the honeymoon period mm. but he's much bigger isn't he he's holding he's the much, art stuff yeah. specifically his feet yeah massive his feet. feet must be about 10 times the size of hers you know what they say about big feet Big disappointment. Uh, she is much smaller. She's not got any art stuff, has she? She's no. so it's like she's no. presenting him as the He's artist. Artists, yeah. yeah. And the man with the biggest belt. Yeah, massive Which belt. Must be about from the bottom belt. bottom rib to the top of his pubes. I would have said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thickest belt I've seen in my life. Full cross section of his midriff. Yeah, uh, more like a cummerbund. Yeah. She is clutching a um, her hand uh, with her shawl round her abdomen, which I think potentially could be an allusion to uh, chronic pain. Yeah. Um, it also looks quite a, maybe quite a hopefully maternal image, which is yeah, quite sad. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, apart from the fact that she's a livid. Yeah, she looks absolutely furious <laughs> as well. I'll give you that. <laughs> Hard not to, I would have said, with the infamous brow. Yeah. Yeah, we, we haven't actually talked about that. We've assumed that the, the listener knows about uh, Frida's face. So, Ryan, what, 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 how would you comment on Frida's, the, Im- the image that we see reproduced again and again, the, the monobrow and the slight moustache? What, what, what do you think about that? It, it's, it's again just saying, you know, why should I have to change my yeah. face for conventional beauty standards? She, you know, um, it was sort of the 1920s that... Uh, that um, she started crafting this image, yeah. which was a time in Mexico where uh, they were basically taking on Western styles from mostly America of like the flapper image. Right, of, yes. Um, lots of makeup, hair being cut short. But you no, know, she cultivated this monobrow and uh, also, I don't know if you've plucked your eyebrows because I have and it really hurts. And <laughs> yes, so it does really hurt. <laughs> also they're really annoying eyebrows because like you do one dodgy like normally you just like it's just like a weed whacker just constantly kind of bringing it back bringing it back you you do one thing wrong with an eyebrow and that's it it never goes back for the rest of your life yeah so tightrope it is a tightrope dear listener leave your brows alone 
I, I left my eyebrows out after Frida Kahlo because I was like, my eyebrows are quite big. and They're gorgeous. Just like, no, this is, yeah, again, just owning it. Just this is yeah. what I look like. I don't want to look like everyone else. Um, Absolutely. Conventional yeah. beauty standards do not appeal to me. And if you don't like it, I don't want to be your friend. Exactly. Absolutely do one. So our next image is a portrait as, is it Tijuana? Tejuana? Is that is that Mexican 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 spelling for Tijuana? Oh, Tijuana? Oh gosh, I plumped on that one. Oh, I failed. I failed. Oh, it's not in Ryan's right, not well, in Ryan's phrase book one for that one. Purchase from Ryan's guide to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Take that off pre-order. Uh, it's, it's also called Diego on My Mind. Frequently, it's from 1943. Listener, you want to Google it? Diego on My Mind, 1943. Diego on My Mind. He's always on my mind. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? He's right there. He's a little image of Diego smack bang in the middle of her forehead. I don't know. From this angle, I mean, we're quite far away from the laptop, so it could either be Elvis or Chairman Mao. Yeah. Yeah, from a distance. <laughs> from I, a distance. Big fan of Chairman Mao. Yeah. <laughs> so is he, presumably. Yeah, maybe yeah. She, Maybe that was intentional. Uh, it was begun in 1940, uh, during a brief gap between the two volatile marriages. Uh, so the third eye is a symbol uh, from folk ah. art. So that might be what she's sort of doing there by putting him in, in, in the in the middle of her forehead there. Uh, and it's interesting, is it, to think that the last portrait they were standing next to each other, now he is part of her. But only very small. Very small. Compared to how much of the frame she's taking up. Yeah, that's true, yeah. It's, um, they've used that for Midsummer, the film, haven't they? Yes. Oh, yeah. The image yes, of, uh, it is. Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, yes, Lawrence Imogen Pugh. Imogen Pugh. No, no, yeah, Florence Pugh. That's Florence it. Pugh. Yeah, yes, the it is exactly of... that. Yeah. This this uh, this uh, costume that she's wearing is uh, a traditional Mexican headpiece. It looks kind of funny, but it's beautiful. It's, it's like stunning. covers her whole face and body. So you can actually see some of her. It's quite bright. It's quite bridal. Mm, in, very bridal traditional bridal I suppose I saw that amazing exhibition that they did at the V&A oh yes tell us about it I was incredible and they had uh, these on they had her one of this on display <gasps> and oh this, my god! they didn't have many paintings but they had this painting oh wow because um, it was just all her private kind of things that had been locked away for years and you could see like flecks of paint on oh her, my god her dresses which just that was the best bit because you could just see like oh gosh she really did wear these they had things like That's um amazing. they had her makeup and you know she she still she did wear like uh american makeup and she uh, wore lipstick didn't she yeah she, she wore a lot of lipstick they had her her some of her casts on display <gasps> on her she later in life she had her leg amputated and they had uh one of her her legs her wooden legs oh thank god yeah. <laughs> i think we're like yeah. pickled Oops. oh god her actual leg god. <laughs> that must have been so amazing i i think um have you read the five ryan have you read i love the five ah so good, isn't it? Listen, if you've not read it, it is um, by Hayley Rubenfold. It's about the five canonic victims of Jack the Ripper. And then there's a, um epilogue. She lists all the, the things that the women had on them. So, you know, and they're, and they're such inconsequential little things that a woman carries around with her. Scraps of fabric, keys, mirrors, all this kind of stuff. And that must have been so moving to see 
what Frida Kahlo possessed, what were her actual things, yeah, something no, about that. The, the thing about, yeah, the five as well, it's uh, the attempt to sort of make the, the victims more, more human because we just mm. don't think about them. We just yeah. think about Jack the Ripper figure. Yeah. And like, that book is attempts to be like, no, these were real women. And yeah. it's the same with that exhibition. It, it just, just, you know, she's not just an image that is everywhere. It's, she was a real woman and these are her things and these are her clothes. And yeah, it just makes her more human. Made her like, you just, it just felt, you felt like closer to her. Oh, amazing. Oh, oh I wish I'd seen it. I love the colours in this picture as well. It's quite not, it's not what I associate with her. No, it's quite it's sort, sort of, of like lilac and the cream and like yellows and things. Yeah, it's quite somber actually, mm. isn't it? Lovely. And the next one we're going to do is Diego and I from 1949. Diego and I, 1949. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Right. This is like one of those, when you see the mirror going in the mirror and the mirror and the mirror and the triangles yeah. going from infinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So listener, she, it's, it's a different, it's, it's, it's a self-portrait. Her hair is down and Diego is still on her mind. He's right on, he's slightly bigger, I'd say across her forehead it's more of a, it's more zoomed in i would say yeah does he have a third eye as well yes, he does yeah he does look at yeah. that yeah pimple um so it, it's again revisiting the theme of diego printed on her mind uh it's around this is rumors of, when she painted this that he was about to leave her uh for a hollywood starlet uh we've got these trail of tears down her cheek and uh the kind of that almost like the face with it's like a it's like a wound isn't it the the face on her face mm. yeah it is the red shoulders yeah above her eyebrows you mean yeah it kind of looks like a like a stigmata like on her like a, like a battle scar um so yeah just to listener if you do do this little slideshow i'll put them on the instagram as well oh, uh, yeah. you can see this um th- their relationship charted by these pictures uh, and the last one I'm going to show you both is Henry Ford Hospital, 1932. Whoa. Uh, which is very different stylistically. Uh, Frida is lying on a bed. And for context, again, and a trigger warning, she has just uh, been through one of her most traumatic miscarriages. Uh, she brought the baby fairly near to term. So it was you know, a very, very traumatic uh, event. And she's sort of, uh, she's drawn herself on her kind of childbed with the fetus and then some also kind of like cross-section anatomical drawings. And we've got a factory in the background. Is that a snail? And I think a snail, yeah. It's like a snail balloon, like the worst trip to the fair ever. Worst ever. What do you think of this image, Ryan? Uh this is beautiful. And it's the, stunning, isn't it? The, the factory you're talking about in the back is because this was happened when they were in Detroit. Yeah. Oh, hence yeah. the Henry Ford Hospital. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Detroit was, uh, you know, famous for all this uh, car industry, which yeah. was a completely different world to um, from her home. And it's, again, like a, just machine imagery of just your body as a machine, just... Things happen to it, and you just sort of have to move on. And but the like, she's really gone into like the detail of just like the the dead child and the mm. the pelvis, and you just feel her. You and the, you can see her tears as well, and yeah. she's just lying in her own blood. It's uh, 
she hasn't gone i'm painting this for um for someone to buy it it's she's just gone it's like you say it's not nice at all no it's her life though i love that absolutely and um interesting that it's it's called Henry Ford Hospital and Ford was a patron of Diego's. So she's there going through this incredible pain and suffering. His career is going from strength to strength and she is there suffering and not being particularly well known either. Like he's there sort of, they've they've slept around around America for his career and then it kind of culminates in in Detroit with her uh, as as the, an accessory and kind of semi-abandoned it's heartbreaking isn't it yeah i like how all the they're all like strings that are, you can see that like they're tied to the objects they got little yes the one in the bottom corner it's like i thought it was a sink first but it's it's like a machine it's like an and it's like a cutting machine oh yes and it's as if it's and it's all they're all linked to her womb it's as if yeah it's being ripped out of her i don't know what it is would it have been one of like the bits of machinery that would have been in the car factories or something potentially yeah yeah. Yeah. or it could be um something that was put on her leg when she had all one of her operations like a oh yes like a winch or something yeah or a clamp yeah all right So, whilst they moved across the states in service of Diego's career, they both had these multiple love affairs. Uh, rumored partners of Frida during this time include uh, Georgia O'Keeffe, uh, Charlie Chaplin's wife Paulette Goddard, an actress called Dolores O'Rio, and absolute legend Josephine Baker. I mean, there's not much proof for these affairs, but it's fun to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I hope. I hope they yeah. happen. Yes, me too. However, more proof does exist of her long-running affair with photographer Nicholas Murray, which ultimately fizzled out due to her ongoing devotion to Diego. Upon discovering the affair, Diego began divorce proceedings. They would, of course, though, famously remarry. So Diego, whilst continuing to have a prodigious number of affairs, also maintained working relationships and friendships with the great tycoons of the age, including Ford and Rockefeller. And as Ryan mentioned... This relationship soured when he uh, managed to sneak in a depiction of Lenin into a large mural at the Rockefeller Centre. Just think, you know, classic communist hangout. Yeah. Henry Ford, <laughs> Lenin. And he wasn't unaware of that irony either. He sort of knew it was It was like, what are you going to do? I want to paint big murals. I'm a communist. Uh, I just need rich people to pay for them. Rockefeller's kind of like, I mean, he's like an icon of capitalism, but like Henry yeah. Ford's a complicated one because he's like, Churning out cars and stuff is like the sort of capitalist yeah. Im- imagery. But it also, he was like one of the first people to pay his workers like a living wage and stuff. And oh, like really? Revolution. I mean, that's why you've got the Henry Ford Hospital. You've got the Henry, who's a huge philanthropist. Oh, wow. He, like mm. so many places in Detroit have Henry Ford on them because he basically bought everything and provided because it was a town that was at one point just almost entirely devoted to making his stuff. Oh, wow. But... And he made Detroit what it is. And then other, obviously other companies moved in and stuff. They had other car manufacturers. But like he was a, he was fa- a famous philanthropist. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, a person who sort of really um, revolutionized the way that the industry looks at its workers. Which is complicated if you're a communist, I guess. Yeah. Well, they weren't having none. I say if, sorry. <laughs> complicated, complicated being a communist. Yeah. 
Uh, Frida wasn't having none of it. She was like, we're off. Finally. Don't like cars. Don't like cars. I've had enough. I'm really fucking miserable. Let's go back to Mexico. <laughs> and when they got there, Diego Pramp promptly began an affair with, <laughs> with Frida's sister, Car- uh, Christina. <laughs> I mean... Hey. <sighs> Come on, Diego. I mean, why? Come on. So <laughs> Come many. On. You seem to have this like unstoppable charisma. You could have an affair with anybody. Anyone. Does yeah. it have yeah, to yeah. be her sister? Actually, half the population of the earth are female, if that's what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Just not that one. Oh, it's it's pathological, isn't it? You've yeah. got to conclude with that. Um so Frida cuts all her hair off in protest. That wouldn't have been what I was cutting off, but never mind. <laughs> Enter Leon Trotsky. Ah. In January 1937, Frida greeted Trotsky and his wife when they arrived in Mexico seeking political asylum. Didn't end well for him, did it? No. Uh, she gave the Trotskys a place to live, Casa Azul, her childhood home, and then she started sleeping with Trotsky. Casa Azul, Ryan's guide to Mexico, tells us means blue house? Blue house, yes. Love blue house. I really want to go. It's like a pilgrimage. Yes, it's, it? a, it's yeah. a, a yeah, it's an exhibition there. That'd be amazing. I'd love to go. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Uh, um, so they begin carrying on, uh, Frida and Trotsky, uh, communicating mainly in English. Hot to trot. Hot to. She was hot for trot. <laughs> you got there. Uh, Mrs. Trotsky couldn't speak English, so that was convenient. Uh, some of their meetings. <laughs> she could took, see though. She could she see. Has eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well apparently they were like they were slipping each other like notes in English into each other's books and stuff while they were all sat in sat together in the living room. I've got to be honest, if like you and someone sat next to each other who both spoke a language that I didn't were just slipping notes to each other, I would start to suspect something was Well yes, yeah, she did. It wasn't it wasn't the best. <laughs> no, cover. They're like, she doesn't speak English. This is full. <laughs> She'll <truth>. never know. <laughs> Uh, they also went for their assignations to Christina's house, to Frida Kahlo's sister's house. So, a bit pointed. <laughs> I played Trotsky in a play about Frida Kahlo. Oh my God, tell us everything. Well, no, so like, the play I was talking about before, I, I was like, oh, how am I going to drop this in? Um, the, <laughs> in my usage that I wasn't in, uh, my friend Rhiannon, who went to the same university and usage as me, uh, we d- she put it on in our university and I got to play Trotsky. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Did um, you live as a communist to you know, really get into the into the mindset? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and, and still am. Still am. <laughs> Fuck capitalism. This I think comes up, like, I don't know, this, this, uh, this is something that bothers me about, oh, I don't know, so Frida's image is everywhere. Yeah. And she was such a staunch communist. Yes. And I genuinely think she would hate it if her her image was, you know, it's. I went to a cafe down the road and there was a huge, someone had painted her on the wall. It's like, oh, Mm. would she be okay with this? I don't know. I see people wearing bags with her picture on, like, oh, you know, her, like, you know, we talk about her paintings all about her pain and her suffering, and then she was also a sort of communist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not a classic combo for like merchandising, is it? No, it's like yeah. Che Guevara, isn't it? It's it's almost like her image has become a a, a byword or a symbol for something yeah. that isn't communist. It's. It's like Che Guevara. If Che Guevara had also like painted his feelings about having horrific childbirth issues. Yeah. Like, 
It's like trauma and completely against my ideology. Yeah, it's come a little bit like Eat Laugh Prosecco, hasn't it? The, the Frida yeah. Kahlo thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You see a lot of you know a lot of people that have got basically gone like I um I'm arty. You can tell because I've got this tote bag. Um, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I agree, Ryan. I don't think she'd be into it at all. But then totes. she'd love totes. Everyone loves totes. Frida would have useful. a tote. Frida would have many totes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she'd be one of those people that's like going through the bag of old totes. Yeah. Yeah. She's got yeah. a tote bag full of scrumpled up totes. <laughs> <laughs> you come to the blue house there'd be a bag of totes on the back of the door full of more totes yeah, yeah, so yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of them have got a picture some totes, Rita. <laughs> I'm sorry I've got to clean out my tote bag <laughs> just got bits of old crumbs at the bottom of a pen <laughs> some mints that have escaped the packaging <laughs> Frida and her totes <laughs> totes Frida so it seems that the spite sex that she was having with the old commie got a bit meh. I am very tired of the old man. Frida wrote to a pal. <laughs> 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 Frida wrote to a pal. I'm very tired of the old man. That would inspire a self-portrait dedicated to Leon Trotsky. In the picture, she holds a paper that reads in part to Leon Trotsky with all my love. And he was assassinated not shortly after, and Diego was temporarily in the frame. But was he? he yes. <laughs> but uh, I thought Frida was also semi in the frame. I can think of someone, I mean, Mrs. He was very much in the frame. Yeah. <laughs> His name was Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. had a bone to pick. <laughs> All right, fine, if you want to take it out of the domestic sphere. <laughs> Uh, so in 1938, she, as, as Ryan mentioned, she became friends with the surrealist Andre Breton. Oh, yeah. And she had an exhibition of her work in New York, indicative of her beginning to shift in the eyes of the artistic establishment from a celebrity to a painter herself. Because we, we haven't really spoken about this, actually, the idea that she was a celebrity, not for her painting, for being... She'd turn up with Diego looking like Frida Kahlo, and people would be like, oh, my God, who's Diego Rivera's wife? And... People were like, what does she do? Oh, she paints a bit. I'm not really that bothered. Look at her. So that was kind of, it's quite interesting. That the her, opposite of Mrs. Trotsky. The opposite of Mrs. Trotsky, yeah. But now she's becoming known as a painter, not just a celebrity. Yeah, I th- yeah, for sure. She wore, you know, she she wore her art on herself as well. It's, uh, yeah, she, um, you know, like this whole, again, in, of like Mexican identity was so important to her as we see a lot in places now of um, uh, especially when she'd go to America like you say she'd get noticed because like why doesn't she look like everyone else and she's like no this is and also your country treated my country very badly so so fuck you and then stop trying to make me look like you stop make stop trying to make me cut my hair or put makeup on or you know look whiter it's just this is this is it um, yes yeah yeah also i'm a painter as well if you were just uh, i mean if you really if you want, want to buy to a painting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just you know help the cause yeah like an early patreon yeah exactly to a certain extent very true like our patreon like our patreon which we have <laughs> For Big Diva Energy. Available on patreon.com. And the following year, she also exhibited in Paris alongside Modrian, Chigal, and Picasso. Big boys. The big, big three. 
the next year, 1940, Frida and Diego got married again and nothing had changed. They still kept separate lives and houses and shagged about. Why not? Shagging all over the world. <laughs> this so, time just more famous shaggers. Yeah, more famous. <laughs> you wonder why they bothered to divorce for a bit. Oh, it's like Burton and uh, Taylor, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Is yeah. that part of the thrill of it? guess so yeah just the thrill just just too big a personality yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's just though like but like burton and burton and taylor and then and then this like it's just a lot of paperwork isn't it it is that's the thing it's like they got back together is a different thing than they got remarried just yeah like, gotta go through it all again the alcohol <laughs> oh yeah there we go yeah yeah fair enough I was going to say it was a right arse for us, but actually, no, the alcohol helped. Alcohol. So. Yeah. Yeah. Vamoo. 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 And Socrates Christmas. <laughs> I didn't want to marry him again, but honestly, oh, I he's just... everything. <laughs> Tyrell's just like, softened everything that's getting remarried. <laughs> oh, so Frida received a commission from the Mexican government for five portraits of important Mexican women in 1941, but she was sadly unable to finish the project. Her beloved father died that year, and she obviously continued to suffer from chronic health problems. However, her work continued to grow in popularity and was included in numerous group shows around this time. And, and one of the, another famous uh, painting for this period is the Broken Column from 1944, in which you can see the uh, the special corsets that you mentioned, Ryan, that she was mm-hmm. that you could see in that exhibition. I mean, heartbreak. What was it like to actually see the, the corsets? Like, oh, intense. Was it? Yeah, because you hear a lot of stories about uh, the corsets and the how she was held up. Like they had they uh, they had to like suspend bend her from her chin with oh this special God. sort of like crane to put to like it would like she had to be suspended in sort of midair to put the plaster on on it <gasps> um it, yeah you see but she's it's beautiful because as well because it's like she's painted these amazing little things on it there's also like a i remember there was one that had a big uh, hammer and a sickle on it yes um but yeah it, it that that was intense seeing that oh because it just made yeah you, you it's you you see it up close it happens there yeah. you're like it's like all old yeah. medical equipment it's always terrifying to look at isn't it because it's so there's something so visceral but i guess because these days everything's made of plastic and like, yeah sort of like tube or like aluminium or whatever whereas like back in the day everything's just like iron and it's yeah just terrifying looking yeah it's meant yeah. to help you yeah, exactly. Something so poignant, isn't it, about it being a corset as well? And you think about women being held to un- unrealistic beauty standards in the past, having to wear them to kind of contort their body. And Frida has to wear this thing to hold her body together. Yeah. Because you think find... the corset has just like a beauty thing. Yeah. Uh, for women's bodies, but this is a, a medical corset to help her live. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, being constantly restricted is horrible. Yeah, yeah. awful. The irony of her having to be rather than... Wanting to be. I was going to say choosing to be, but actually there wasn't really much of a choice for the no. other one, was there? No. 
Oh, well. Certainly not. It gets even worse. Yeah. In 1950, she gets gangrene in her right foot and is once again bedridden. Uh, however, with customary persistence, Frida continued to work and paint. And in 1953, she had a solo exhibition in Mexico. Although she had limited mobility at the time, she showed up for the exhibition's opening ceremony. She arrived by ambulance and welcomed the attendees in a bed the gallery set up for her, which is very sad, but also very camp. Incredibly diva. <laughs> oh, such so diva. Yeah. I love it. And then sadly, a few weeks later, a few months later, sorry, she had to have part of her right foot, as you rightly said, uh, Ryan, amputated. I mean... <sighs> her leg, sorry, not foot. Her leg, yeah. This is all a bit um, a bit real for Tom at the moment, dear listener, because he uh, cut off a, a little bit of his finger on the weekend. I'm not saying it's equivalent to what Frida went through, <laughs> but I'm saying... I'm not saying it is the equivalent, just to clarify it, but... <laughs> It's a just, level of empathy I don't think either of you two are capable of. I'm point. so sorry. I just... Is, are you okay? I mean, it's still bleeding three days later, so... <laughs> I'm not that okay. I'm quite dizzy, to be honest. Okay, that's all right. Anyway. It's the gangrene. Understandably, Frida was incredibly depressed and even contemplated suicide, but despite her health issues, she continued to be politically active like a queen. Her last public appearance was at a demonstration against the US-backed overthrow of the president... Um, is it Jacobo or Jacobo? Probably Jacobo. Yeah, we'll go for Jacobo. President Jacobo Arbenz of Guatemala on July the 2nd. Roughly a week after her 47th birthday, Frida Kahlo passed away at her beloved Blue House. This death was publicly reported to be from a pulmonary embolism, uh, but there is speculation that she potentially took her own life. Hmm. Hmm. And in the decades immediately following Frida's death, her work was not commanding the prices at auction that can now be expected. We're talking millions, divas. Yeah. As mentioned in the intro, Madge is a massive fan and collector. One of her prized possessions is My Birth. If somebody doesn't just if somebody doesn't like this painting, Madonna told Vanity Fair in 1990, then I know they can't be my friend. Just going to show this one to your chums. So anyone uh, who is doing our Google along, this is My Birth, Frida Kahlo. Oh, Madonna has this hanging on the wall. Of course she does. Of course she does. Madonna owns this. She does. She owns it. And she loaned it to the Tate for an exhibition uh, a while ago, but she, for some unknown reason, well, because Madonna, uh, she refused to lend it to a major retrospective in Detroit in 2015. Because oh, Madonna's from Detroit She's from well. Detroit, yeah. Madonna's from Detroit. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had to pretend that I did know that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, she grew up just outside and then moved quite like seventeen, wasn't she? When yeah, she to New York. I don't know why she wouldn't let them have it. it I've got to say, it sounds like spite <laughs> because she's lending mm. to other people. It was just she was just borrowing it. I Communism. That sounds like spite for sure. Yeah, pure spite. Yeah, I don't think Madonna's capable of spite. Is no, she? no, not at all. Famously um, <laughs> laid back in the passive Madonna Jacone. Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is an amazing image, isn't it? And it's uh, it's sort of Frida giving birth to herself. Uh, yeah. Or it's her mother covered up under the sheet. But Frida's coming out in an adult Frida form. Yeah. The head looks decapitated. It does, doesn't it? it and there's a lot of blood. And the the mother is covered in a sheet. You can't see her face. And then there's a portrait of the Virgin Mary? I think so, yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Someone spooky at the back there. Oh, yeah. I thought that was grey hair. I thought it was like a... Oh, yeah. If you think it actually... That like would... a folk 
woman. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, that would, that would track with either, wouldn't it? A sort of maternal iconography there at the bottom of the bed. No, I think Ryan's right. I think that might be Mary. Might be the Mary. Yeah, it is. So yeah, and there that or Tessa. There it is. That's that's Madge's. Uh, that's on Madge's parlor. Well, I would be friends with Madge because I love this. Yeah, I think you'd be friends with Madge anyway. Oh yeah. Do you think so? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you'd have to like slap her down a bit every so often. Be like, look, <laughs> you're out of control now. Come on, <laughs> just just be nice. You got does it? Does it? Does it hurt to be nice? Oh, it's so Madonna though, isn't it? Just to have that in the living room or the bedroom. Yeah, and be like, she brings someone home and she's like, bedroom for sure. Bedroom, one hundred percent. To mimic this painting. To mimic the painting. Yeah, definitely. And she says, "Does this frighten you?" Yeah. Does this frighten you? And And then she just waits for an answer. Yeah. And you have to answer. Yeah. Or you're kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. She owns multiple ones, but this is the most famous one and the one she ain't sharing. So. Giving it to Detroit. <laughs> she could have done, she? So that's Frida. Ryan, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on, on your personal hero. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Uh, oh. I love that, Frida. Oh, you're amazing. You're so knowledgeable. It's so lovely. Oh, I, I'm really worried that people are going to be like, no, he's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> So, uh, Honestly, Ryan, not enough people listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can all tell your friends, tell your art historian friends that three people got it all wrong about Frida Kahlo and then they can come and listen to it. Now (laughs) now I'm just imagining all the art historians that are going to listen to this episode and then go on to the next one and be like, what the fuck is this podcast? (laughs) No, I thought... And also, you know, what what we... I... And what I may not have done in, in research, I think we all made up for in feeling. We responded <laughs> to the art. Yeah. I loved that. That was great. No one ever responded to art. Oh, wonderful. Oh, my darling, this brings us to plugs and hugs. And we can't hug you because uh, we're not with you, but we could be with you in mere m- moments because you're not too far away. Yes. And as of 17th... I thought it was about the pandemic, not his proximity. Well, also, also, as of 17th May, we can hug again. So I don't think we can hug, can we? Yeah, hugging's back. Oh, yeah. is that what yeah. they said? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. My darling, where can people find you on the internet? Where can they find your work? Oh, um, the Instagram is best. Yes. Which is uh, at Ryan E. Lane. There's like an E between the Ryan and the Lane. Love it. Ryan not to be confused with Ryan Elaine. Or Elaine Ryan. My mum's middle name is Elaine. Oh. So she's called Ruthie Lane Lane. <laughs> That's no joke. That is her name. That's her name. I She'll listen that. to this. She'll listen to this. She has a tattoo of Frida on her leg. Does she? Does she? Yeah. Yeah. She's got lots of tattoos, actually. So she really is a big deal in, in your town, Frida Kahlo. Like... She's huge. She's, she's huge. <laughs> This is like the, um, what's the village in like Ecuador that's just populated entirely by Welsh speakers? Oh, yeah. It's like the reverse of that. Yeah. There's a town in Wales. Yeah. What's it called, sorry? Patagonia Patagonia. in Argentina. It's like the very bottom of Argentina. There's like a small Welsh town. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And much the same, there's a small Welsh town that is just full of Frida Kahlo fans. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much, my darling. And when everything opens up and again, we will be posting details of where you can see Ryan Lane will be there in a minute, uh, where it'll be on in multiple venues, and we shall be keeping the listener abreast of your achievements. Oh, 
Thank you. Like proud mothers. Like very proud mothers. Uh-oh. Like Elaine, like herself. We love you. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of Big Diva Energy. If you did and you want to reach out and have a chat, share your BDE stories with us, maybe even your own Frida-related stories, or just tell us which diva means the most to you, you can tweet us at Diva Energy or email us at BigDivaEnergyPod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at Big Diva Energy. We do also have a Patreon, which you can find by searching for Big Diva Energy at Patreon.com. This podcast is a Dark Mutters production. If you want to paint several pictures of us, then don't forget to like and subscribe, and then you can send them. Alternatively, if you objected to the image of Lennon that we snuck into this mural, get get in in the the sea! sea. Bye. Bye! Bye!